0: I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life-Changing Wellness, Episode 12. Today, we talk to the hardest hitting man in show business, the one and only, Kenny Aronoff. so stay tuned for another Life-Changing Episode. This is Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness. Life-Changing Wellness. Here's Dr. Ward Bond. Well, we're not going to skip a beat today because we do have the hardest-hitting man in show business today, and my guest is Kenny Aronoff, one of the world's most influential and in-demand drummers and percussionists in the world. See, Rolling Stone, in fact, cited him as one of the 100 greatest drummers of all time, and Modern Drummer has named him number one pop rock drummer and number one studio drummer for five years. In 2017, he was inducted into the Classic Drummer Hall of Fame and the list of artists he's worked with on the road and or in the studio reads like a who's who of the music industry, which can include John Mellencamp, the Rolling Stones, Bruce Springsteen, Paul McCartney, Sting and Lady Lady Gaga, Bruno Mars and Bob Dylan. The list goes on. Think about Elton John slash Rod Stewart. Clapton Garth Brooks and Beyonce and not only that if you're going to be a drummer you gotta know the Buddy Rich band okay and many others out there and with a style of playing that combines power and finesse Kenny's unique and versatile sound has been instrumental on over 60 Grammy nominated or awarded recordings representing over $300 million in sales. His autobiography, Sex, Drums, and Rock and Roll, The Hardest Hitting Man in Show Business, is only a tell-all in the sense that he shares his learning experiences both behind the drum set and with those he shared the stage with. His book is about the same passion that drives us all to be the best, that we can be doing what we love with those whom we want to share our talents. Kenny is also an an aspiring motivational speaker in spousing the seven keys to a successful life and career. Welcome to the show, Kenny.
1: Thank you very much. That's a pretty amazing introduction. Thank you.
0: Well, you're very, very welcome, and I think that all my guests deserve a great introduction, and you're definitely one of those. so <laughs> yeah. you know well, let's just uh let's let's get to those seven keys to success, and i I've heard so much about you and that you just have this passion for excellence, and, and I know we're going to get into uh your area of staying healthy as well, but uh, what are those seven keys to success?
1: Well the seven keys are first and these are real obvious uh things that uh I'm not gonna you know, reinvent anything, but it it these are the things that made me successful, uh and um I believe in my life and my career. Um and um uh you know, self discipline is the first one. Self discipline is basically making yourself do something you don't necessarily wanna do, but it gets you the results you want. In anything. So uh number two is hard work, which I call the vehicle uh uh that gets you somewhere in life where you want to go, some sort of transportation. If you work hard and you're self-disciplined, you are in forward motion. You are getting somewhere in life, in anything you do. Um, it could be health, it could be uh, your your career, it could be relationships, doesn't matter. And then this is, I, I flipped them around a little bit. The third one I call RPS, which is repetition of any skill, is the preparation for success. <laughs> and that is, um, you know, you're applying the self-discipline and hard work by taking action. If you want to be good at anything, you just take action. Make a move. Take a step. Walk. Call somebody on the phone. Get on the Internet. Uh, go see people. Do something. If you want to be, RPS, I can apply to, to ha- diet. You know, you're repeating a skill that will, will you know, uh, the repetition of something, of that skill will prepare you for success, meaning a, a healthy diet will give you the results you want by taking action and eating the right thing. I can go on and on about RPS. The uh, the fourth thing is you know, you create a plan that you execute to reach your goals. Things just don't fall out of the sky. If you do nothing, you get nothing. So you create a plan. And sometimes, you know, like that book I wrote, that took four years. The plan was to get it done in two years. But I, I never gave up on my self-discipline. My hard work applying it all to RPS and eventually I got the book done. It took twice as long as I wanted, but if I had stopped, it wouldn't have, it's that simple. It wouldn't have gotten done. It's the people who stop are going to lose and the people like me that keep falling forward are going to run right over you and keep going. And, um, it's that simple. It's not like, not rocket science. Um, so, uh, I've created many plans and executed them. You know, the first, I call it the American dream. It's kind of like when I, my first plan that I executed. is I went to college, studied classical music because there was no school of rock back then. And after five years of studying in schools, uh, you know, intensely and every summer studying and two of those five summers, I was at the number two, the top one and two, uh, uh, music the symphony, uh, orchestra camps in the country. Uh, I just never stopped working for five years and I worked my way from the bottom to the top. I was not the greatest percussionist. My skills weren't where some of these other kids were at. Um, And I ended up in the Jerusalem Symphony Orchestra in Israel. So I went from the bottom to the top, and then my next plan I executed was I realized after that I really wanted to be a rock drummer. That was my initial uh, desire. I spent another four years busting my ass, practicing eight hours a day, seven days a week, and eventually had my big break with the John Mellon campaign band. And, and then that was my second goal that I achieved. Third one was becoming a session drummer. So uh, applying those other skills, hard work, uh, you know, and self-discipline, RPS, I reached my goals. Okay. Number five is what I, re- I have a whole nother speech about, which is what I call teamwork, communication skills. You know, I started realizing why was I getting hired, uh, more than or a lot? And when there was all these other great drummers around, You know, the USA, and I was being flown everywhere. Nashville, New York, LA. I was living in Indiana at the time. I was still in the Mellon Camp band. And I was getting calls all the time, and I started to realize there's another ingredient here, and that's your ability to be a team player, to get along, to, 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 to do serve the song, as I call it. In my case, it's like it's not about my ego. Because you need to have a good ego to, to be successful, but there's a point where your ego gets in the way with serving the team and, and in, or serving the song. And so my contribution in the studio was to do whatever I thought was correct to make that song a number one hit. And that would mean getting along with people. That means putting your ego aside and sometimes putting yourself aside to do what was right for the team. And that I think is a skill that is a real important one that I don't know if anybody teaches that. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm teaching it right now. <laughs> that's really made, made me, you know, I mean, I got story after story where you want to bite your lip, where you want to, you know, hit somebody in the face for saying something stupid, but I don't do that at strategical moments because I don't want to blow the vibe of the team and our ultimate goal. All right. Number six, um, see, number six is what I call a healthy life. Is a wealthy life, which is being mentally, physically, and emotionally healthy. And I have eight steps to being healthy, which real quickly is, you know, lifting weights, keep your hormone levels up, which fights off disease, uh, number, and makes you strong, obviously. Cardio, which, which exercise the most important, uh, you know, uh, muscle in your body, which is your heart, also keeps your hormone levels up which keeps you young and fights off disease. Number three is stretching, so you have flexibility, yoga and things like that, so you're strong and flexible. Number four is diet. I can spend hours on diet. It's more of what you don't eat, is that's important, than what you do eat, you know, to be healthy. Supplements, which I take because I travel so much, so I reinforce you know, what I'm eating with, with uh, things that will allow me to work like 18-hour days, seven days a week, uh, and stay healthy. Number uh, six is water, which is Feet, uh, which supplies every organ in your body you know something I mean, you, every organ in your body needs water to survive, you die after three days without water, you can live 40 days without food water is huge um, and then sleep is number seven which is, they say the magic number now is seven hours which is a way for your body to repair and your mind to repair, your brain actually to repair and then number eight finally is uh, meditation which I don't do a lot of that but when I'm stressed out, I immediately go into a meditation mode and stress will make you unhealthy and sick. So those are my, uh, eight ingredients of a healthy life, a wealthy life. And finally, the seventh, uh, key to being successful is you must stay relevant. You must stay focused and relevant in your careers to adjust and adapt to the, 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 the way the world is changing, the way your businesses are changing. I mean, a great example is, uh, back in the day, uh, Kodak lost focus. You know, there's a camera company losing focus and they, they didn't believe in the digital world and they became irrelevant for quite a while. And, um, you, you, it, in, in the music business, we never thought the vinyl record was going to go away and be, and then there was this cassette and then be replaced by the CD and, and now nobody buys music. I mean,
0: the yeah, no. industry is
1: a perfect, <laughs> you know, it's a perfect example.
0: So well, those are like Kenny. seven things. Well, can you leave me, I'm, yeah, because I love the seven things, the seven keys, and I love your list of eight. But I want to back up a bit on some of the areas of seven, because I have talked to hundreds of musicians from lead guitar players to lead singers and bass players and drummers. Yeah. And the thing that I see that I see lacking in a lot of the mu- musicians that are wanting to Be at a level where you're at, but they never get there because they seem to have a mentality of being they're waiting to be discovered instead of being proactive in their career to move it forward and keep pushing. And even though they're pushing in the woodshed, they're not pushing on the business side. They're not pushing on the exposure side and they're expecting other people to come along to say oh yeah you're the guy that i want they, you know they read about these overnight success stories which technically are not overnight because there's hours and days and years in the woodshed in which they practice like you did but you moved forward and you did not wait you went after it and seized your day
1: absolutely yeah i mean uh it, it came natural some of it was fear-based you know when i uh when I graduated high school, the day after, you know, usually everybody parties and, and has a summer off and it's great before you're going to go to college. Not me, man. The day after I graduated, I started practicing eight hours a day, seven days a week because I was afraid to fail. And I knew I was behind in the classical world. I, I There was no school of rock back then, so I was a self-taught rock drummer, but when it was time to go to college, I knew I was behind and I, and I, you know, I was afraid to fail. And, and I, and this is leading into my next book, which is a, a, a fear to fail motivated me, uh, to work very hard. I refused. Failure was like dying to me. I just couldn't deal with it. You can see through my book many times when, you know, when, when somebody said no, I said yes. I just kept pushing forward. Uh, so d- failure is like dying dying on the vine so i oh, I, oh people,
0: I agree I, with that yeah i agree with I you, you there to. because yeah go ahead kenny
1: well i say are uh, you living your life loud or are you dying on the vine because most people are dying on the vine i refuse to i absolutely refuse to and i and so yeah it's always based on fear and um if you do nothing it's like a math equation you get nothing zero equals zero just practicing your instrument is not enough anymore it's That's not right. enough nobody's going to Nobody's gonna know who you are. That that applies to anything. It's yes, it's complicated, and yes, life is hard, and yes, you're gonna hit bumps, and yes, things aren't going your way. Man, that's just a given. That's just like it's like if you're a football player and somebody slams their helmet into you, you don't sit there and cry about it. It's like that's just part of life. That's part that's of right. their game. It's just part of it. Just get your ass up and keep moving. You don't don't dwell on the obvious take action and make your career i'm telling you you can do it
0: well you know i let you know i think fear is you know fear works two ways we can let fear defeat us or we can let fear propel us and you know anytime we step out in a situation that we feel that may be over our head we need to take Mm -hmm. that fear and just push forward because if we don't we may miss an opportunity and look back on life going, oh, I just wish I would have made that step of faith there and uh, go for it. And, you know, I completely agree with it, everything that you're saying right now, because it's absolute truth. And, you know, you've, you've seen this in all the musicians that you've played with. I've seen it with all those that I've talked to in the music industry. And, you know, today's society is so different. And like you said, we have to stay relevant, and especially in music, you know, things change. It could be the way that recording is done, from going from tape to Pro Tools to, yeah. uh, you know, people not buying music any anymore, so, you know, you have to work in realizing that sometimes your paycheck is based on the fact that you tour all year and not from album sales, so you've got to have a business side, and I do know that from all the musicians that I've talked to, the biggest failure I see is they don't understand the business side of the industry.
1: Well, yeah. And the business side is changing so fast. I mean, it's just a whole different thing. You know, the new business model might be, if you want to be a musician, you have to have two day jobs. that have nothing to do with music. Nobody's thinking about is, that, but that's, <laughs> I mean, I'll ask, no, I mean, so I asked the kid to take the drum lesson. I don't teach that often, but when I do, I'll say, wow. So, what do you what do? He said, Well, I tour with this band. I say, Okay, you have a day job. He said, Yeah. And I said, Then how many, and you live, where do you live? He said, I live in an apartment. I says, And you have three roommates or two roommates? No, I got three. There's four of them. That's all they can do, all you can do to afford to live in LA and be a musician. Where, you know, I, you know, without being a member of a band, and uh, I've been able to, you know, I live in the Hollywood Hills, have a big expensive house, um, you know, based on the earnings I made from making records and touring, playing with the, you know, I got the, you know, the, I got paid very well to be on some of the biggest tours. But the thing is, is that, and but, but you know, it didn't all come easy. I mean, I survived two divorces. I've been scammed. I've gone through all kinds of crap that happens in life. Shit happens, man. I just kept moving forward. My point is that the the rules have changed. So the money isn't what it used to be. you got more people dying to get, that'll go on the road for like less money because they just want to be on the road. So you have to be willing to adapt to the environment you're in. It means having two day jobs and living with three other guys in an apartment to be a musician. That's what it is.
0: Well, fantastic. Because, you know, the thing is that I want to ask you is, which artists have inspired you to be the most musically?
1: Oh, wow. You I mean, uh, artists, bands. Oh, well, I mean, I could say, I mean, I could go back to when I was a kid. You know, the, the when I was a little kid, I was, there was nothing to watch on TV. So we always played outside. So um, I was uh, out, out playing with my twin brother and my mom screamed at us. We were 11 years old, come in the house. And um, I thought I was in trouble. You know, she's screaming at us. So I come in and we come in the family room and on this black and white RCA TV set with, you know, the rabbit ears and clumps of tinfoil on the on the antenna to get better reception, which it didn't help. There was four guys in suits, you know, tapping their feet, way, you know, shaking their, their head. They had long hair and they were singing, she loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had never felt anything like that before. Never seen anything, never experienced anything like that. It was like, Almost like doing drugs, and I turned around and looked at my mom and said, "Who are they?" She says, "That's the Beatles." And I said, "Well, uh, I want to play in that band. Call them up." <laughs> and I see, and I want to play those drums. I want to play the drums. Well, she did not obviously call them up. So I started my own band. Two weeks later, I said I borrowed money, got a snare drum and a cymbal, I stood up and played. And I had a band called the Allocats, Cats, and we played Beatles music. There's forward thinking right there. All right, I'm playing that band. I'm going to do my own band. So the Beatles were a huge influence. The next, I mean, that literally, oh, and the amazing thing about that story is 50 years later, a couple of years ago, I'm in LA, I get hired to play in this big house band to honor, uh, the, the two remaining Beatles, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, for that, uh, that Ed Sullivan show that 72 million people saw back then, uh, which was then put on CBS TV, and, uh, I, I was, the only drummer out of the 72 million people that saw them so those was on that stage that night playing with them I mean it was like a, a dream comes true you know so the Beatles and later on that night I spoke to Ringo <coughs> I actually walked out to the audience and there was like Tom Hanks and his wife you know uh, Ringo his wife Paul McCartney's girlfriend uh, George Harrison's uh, ex-wife you know, um, um, you know ex-wife well not his wife what do they call it you know
0: Widow. Widow.
1: That's it, widow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And then there was, uh, you know, Sean Lennon, uh, uh, and, uh, Yoko Ono, Sean Penn, and Johnny Depp. I go by them because I'm looking for my wife. at the middle of the arena. I just finished performing. And I see Ringo clapping at me. So I go right to him and I get down on one knee because I, everyone's looking at me in this big, huge venue because I'm right in front of my view. And <laughs> I'm on one knee and Ringo says, oh, that's okay. I'm already married. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the coolest?
0: Oh like, man, that, right. that is awesome. That is awesome. Well, I know well, that then, you, well, you travel and you know millions of miles a year. And you know, what yeah. are your tips of staying healthy and living such an extremely busy life, largely on the road?
1: Yeah. And meanwhile, I have a cold right now. Well, I, the reason <laughs> I got the cold is the reason I got the cold is, uh and I'll answer that question. I, I, there was a ten-day run I had. And this is the time of year where you can get sick. Then they run, and I flew to Washington from L.A. to, to present a PBS uh, cartoon. To PBS, we presented a – we did a presentation about a Kenny Aronoff cartoon that we're trying to get going here. It's a, it's an educational thing, music thing. And so then from there, I went to Indiana University to lecture for two days. You know, and, and then uh, there I, from there, I drove right from the last lecture down to Nashville to um, – to start performing, uh, rehearsing for uh, a Kenny Rogers tribute, farewell concert. Uh, but see what was happening was while, while I was at the PBS thing, doing the PBS thing, and when I was in the lectures, I was staying up to 3 4 in the morning trying to write charts, drum charts. I write very, very detailed drum charts, every note, every crash, count-offs, tempos, who I'm going to count off to, because on this Kenny Rogers show, I'm going to be the MD's main guy to help run the show, which is a 16 camera shoots being filmed and recorded. Can't wow. mess up. You cannot mess up. I'm like literally the general and the fighter pilot all in one. It's like, it's not, a, I don't just show up and play drums anymore. It's like, I'm running, controlling the whole vibe the whole uh, movement of that show. It's, and you only get one shot. Yeah. And so I can't, I have to be followed. So I'm preparing for that while I'm doing everything else. Meanwhile, after the Kenny Lodge show, you know, and we're talking like 12 hour days, then come home and then rewrite charts and you're getting new music and they decide to drop this one and add this one. This is, it's a, it's a, you know, and then, um, I have a whole other life going on with all kinds of other things going on too, that I'm dealing with. Then, the, after the concert, um, you're, I had two hours of sleep. I had to get on a plane and fly to LA and I was also writing charts for a show I did with Brad Paisley and John Fogarty for the armed services in front of a uh, aircraft carrier that's going to be on Jimmy Kimmel. So I had to fly with two hours of sleep on the plane, try to learn these songs, land, go to a hotel, rest, uh, go to the, the battleship, do a sound check, do the show. After the show, I go right into a car, get pulled, go drive into Hollywood, and I'm honored by the hard rock. Uh, Cafe is one of the rock gods of, of the year in LA and play four songs that I had never rehearsed at the band. I would written all the parts out, so I'm sight meeting it while I'm performing. All that stuff, you know, uh, you know, probably wore me down. I probably, I, in a national, a lot of people had germs. I could, people coughing and sneezing. So my, <laughs> my resistance went down. But what I typically do, I mean, it's all those eight things are the ones, things that keep me healthy. Um, you know, uh, you know, um, keep your immune system up, you know, by the supplements, the diet. Probably should not have been drinking wine and having beers at the end of long days. That will lower your resistance big time. And yeah, I know yeah. you, for me, if I don't drink at all, uh, that, that, and when you're in a situation like that, that really, really is helpful. But, uh, so that, you know, admittingly, that, that definitely, admittingly, that definitely, Probably contributed well, to how, how do you find
0: well how do you find time to uh to exercise and work out
1: well in that particular case that was not a good situation uh I'll do push ups and I carry uh bands and I can do like you know curls and I can do uh shoulders and then I can do uh, uh back even with those bands and I can do triceps with those bands too or I can do them on the table on, on a table just you know in a certain position. And you know, I can do stuff, uh, but when you get sick, now, now I've been dealing with this cold that's just lingering, but yesterday I went down to the gym in my house and started doing some weights to, uh, to bring, to fire my immune system. Not too much to weaken me, but a little bit to, uh, get my hormone levels up to fight the the illness. It's a balance. I felt very strong, I felt very strong when I was doing it. So that was a good
0: time. Well, I can tell you one thing. For all my listeners out there today, you are literally listening to one of the most, uh, to me, motivational people I've ever had the pleasure and honor to to speak to. And Kenny, I mean, you have given us so many great keys and tips today that people really need to listen to this interview, you know, a few times to really get motivated to realize that, You know, when we put that hard work forward, we can really achieve the success that we desire. But I have one last question. and This is really kind of a personal question coming from me, because one of my favorite albums is Mellencamp's Scarecrow album. And one of the songs that I just list in my top 10 favorites is Justice and Independence. And, And you are the drummer, correct? Yep. Yes, and I was. let me ask you this. We don't get to hear drum solos in songs anymore. And when, when I hear that song play or I'm playing it, even my wife is sitting there playing the air drums because she loves that drum solo so much that, uh, you know, why can't we hear more drum solos in music today?
1: Uh, it's just not in right now. So I guess it's not the, it's not the, uh, it's not the, the desired thing anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, I mean, get... the drum solo, the drum solo in Jack and Diana, American Fool, saved that song. I mean, that song was gone. It was off the record, and um, and that big break was the gave it a a hook line, a that made that song propel that song to being a unique song, and it's still played on the radio. I mean, talking about serving the team, and doing the right thing to make a song. You know, the, the, the band, the song of successful, there's a good example. Um, um, yeah, I think that, uh, I think that, that it would be great. You know, there's nothing that moves and motivates people more than a great beat, a great group. So they should have, uh, they should feature drums more, but, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. I it know what you mean. That is. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I. That drum's
1: all on, that drum's all on Justice Independence. I had to come up with that on the spot. That was typical Melvins. So I need a drums. Give me a drum solo right now. I came up with that on the spot. I didn't work it out. I started playing it as they were recording it and then he said that go to the tom-tom. And that's when I went do 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 Kind of like a Gene Krupa type thing. That kind of was like three tries and I was done. I
0: was oh like my. Right well, you know what? you're a genius you're a musical genius and and kenny i want to thank you so much for coming on today's show and i want to just taking the time out and i just wish you so much uh much more success in the future and what you're doing and you going out there and motivating people with your incredible hard work ethic so again thank you for coming on to the show and Ladies and gentlemen, remember to catch every episode of Life Changing Wellness. Just hit subscribe on iTunes or on my show page at RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. And if I can ask you a favor, please take 30 seconds, rate the show on iTunes. The reason being is we want to attract more people like you to the show. The only way we can do that is if you rate it, which helps the show to get more visibility and, of course, to grow and to reach more people like you who are interested in health and wellness. And in today's case success. So if you could just do that for me, I would greatly appreciate it. And you can learn more about me at drwardbond.com and check out my show page here at radiomd.com forward slash dr Bond, which will lead you to other channels such as iTunes, iHeartRadio, and others. And when you go to my show page, check out my guest, Kenny Aronoff, and read his bio. You will be absolutely amazed and check out his website as well and get his, his new book, sex, drums, and rock and roll. And again, thank you for listening to life-changing wellness where we don't miss a beat. I'm Dr. Ward Bond. Have a healthy day.